0: Information discussed in this podcast may be sensitive in nature to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. In the fall of 2014, 18-year-old Sarah Graham made the decision to leave her home state of Texas, where she had lived with her mother and brother, and moved to rural North Carolina to live with her dad. Sarah was shy but sweet, and found a job at a local Walmart as a cashier and a greeter. She was a responsible and reliable young woman. Sarah lived with her father Hubert and her stepmom Connie in the small town of Fairmont, North Carolina, very near the South Carolina border. On the morning of February fourth, twenty fifteen. Sarah left her home around 6.30 a.m. for work. Her shift that day started at 7 a.m. But reliable and hardworking Sarah never showed up. Around 12.15 p.m., the Sheriff Department received a call for a suspicious vehicle in a wheat field. When they arrived, they found Sarah's white Chevy Astrovan, actually belonging to her father, off in the field near the woods. The vehicle was locked up, and there was no sign of a struggle or a crash. In fact, there was no sign of Sarah either. Searches turned up nothing, and Sarah Graham was officially reported missing. Where is Sarah Nicole Graham? following is a clip from the FBI regarding the disappearance of Sarah Graham.
1: 18-year-old Sarah Graham hasn't been seen since February 4th, 2015. Her family said she left their home in Fairmount, North Carolina early that morning to go to work. She never arrived. Hours later, her van was found abandoned in a field along East McDonald Road. The FBI and the Robeson County Sheriff's Office have followed hundreds of leads and interviewed dozens of people. FBI Special Agent Smith has been investigating her disappearance from the very beginning. Everything we've learned about Sarah tells us that she did not take off on her own. She's responsible, she had a
2: job at Walmart, and was considered a dependable employee. Sarah was making friends and was happy with a new life in North Carolina. While most of the people we have interviewed have been cooperative, we believe someone very close to her isn't telling us everything they know. We have uncovered a lot of evidence, but we still need that missing piece to bring Sarah home. Now is the time to come forward and help.
1: At the time of her disappearance, Sarah had short, dark brown hair, wore glasses, and had braces. She's Native American, five feet, four inches tall, and weighed 160 pounds. The FBI is offering the of up to $5,000 for information leading to Sarah's location. Call FBI Charlotte at 704-672-6100 or submit a tip online at tips.fbi.gov.
0: Hello and welcome to the Where Are They? podcast and another Unsolved Missing Person episode. This episode involves the case of a missing Indigenous woman, Sarah Nicole Graham a member of the Lumbee tribe of North Carolina. Sarah vanished, almost without a trace, back in 2015, but authorities have recently said that they have not given up on the case and in fact are pursuing a certain person of interest in which they hope will bring answers very soon. So I think it's a good time to make sure Sarah's case really gets out there. Also, I think it's absolutely crazy how little attention this case has had since it happened. Before we jump in, a big welcome to our newest Patreon member, Jeannie Ray. Thank you so much for your support of our show. Also, a big thank you to this episode's featured partner, Mercari. We will hear more on them in a bit. Please make sure you're following us over on the socials. Links will be in the notes. And of course, if you have any feedback or case suggestions, feel free to message me there or email me anytime. All contact info will be in the show notes. Now let's dive in to the baffling case of Sarah Nicole Graham. Sarah Nicole Graham was born April 1st, 1996. She would have a brother, and her parents would go on to split up when she was very young. Sarah, along with her brother and her mother, lived in Texas. And it was said that she had very little, if any, contact with her dad's family while growing up. For some reason, and we really don't know the mindset behind her making this decision, Sarah would leave Texas to go live with her dad in the fall of 2014, just after she graduated high school. Sarah is considered part of the Lumbee tribe of North Carolina, although I'm not 100% sure how her lineage worked within that tribe, or if it was through her mother or father, or maybe both. Who is the Lumbee tribe? From their website, LumbeeTribe.com, in 1885, the tribe was recognized as Indian by the state of North Carolina. The tribe has sought full federal recognition from the United States government since 1888. In 1956, Congress did pass the Lumbee Act, which recognized the tribe as Indian. However, the act withheld the full benefits of federal recognition from the tribe. Efforts are currently underway to pass federal legislation that grants full recognition to the Lumbee Tribe of North Carolina. The 55,000 members of the Lumbee Tribe of North Carolina reside primarily in Robeson, Hokie, Cumberland, and Scotland counties. The Lumbee tribe is the largest tribe in North Carolina, actually the largest tribe east of the Mississippi River, and the ninth largest in the nation. The Lumbee tribe takes their name from the Lumbee River, which winds its way through Robeson County. Pembroke, North Carolina is the economic, cultural, and political center of the tribe. I found it interesting being such a large tribe that the federal government doesn't give them full tribal benefits But then I guess it's hard to understand why the federal government does what it does sometimes. So in 2014, Sarah would move to Fairmount, North Carolina, a very small rural town just north of the South Carolina border. Here she would live with her dad and her stepmom. And while we know she had a stepbrother as well, I can't confirm if he lived with them also. There is very little known about the family dynamics here. Did they all get along? How was their home life? How was Sarah adjusting to living in North Carolina, away from her mother and brother? Questions that, unfortunately, we don't have any answers to. The Disappearance On the morning of February 4th, 2015, about two months after moving in with her dad, Sarah woke up for work like always. It's important to note, too, that these events are told to law enforcement by the stepmom and or her dad, and no one else can corroborate this story, this version of events. Sarah left for work around 6.30 a.m., which made sense since she worked at the Walmart in Pembroke, about 20 to 25 minutes away, and her shift as a cashier that day was scheduled to start at 7 a.m. Sarah was known to be reliable and dedicated, so it was very odd when she didn't show up for her early morning shift, and she didn't call in either. Around 12.15 p.m. that afternoon, Deputies in Robeson County received a call for a suspicious or an abandoned vehicle. They arrived to find a white Chevy Astro minivan parked off in a wheat field all the way up against the woods. That vehicle was registered to Hubert Graham, Sarah's father, and also a Robinson County Sheriff's Sergeant. The vehicle was not damaged and it was locked up. It simply looked as if someone had parked it there, locked it up, and walked away. Upon learning that Sarah had been driving the van and there was no sign of a crash, a struggle, and no sign of Sarah, people began to converge on the area. It's also important to note that this van was an older model that needed to be locked manually with a key. There was no way to automatically lock this van, so whoever locked it had to lock it manually with a key. This wheat field where the van was found was located on East McDonald Road near I-95 between Centerville Church Road and Chicken Road. Centerville Church Road is also the road in which Sarah and her family lived in Fairmont, North Carolina. In fact, the house was only six miles from where the van was found. Witnesses did come forward to recall seeing the van there as early as 645 in the morning but no one saw anyone or anything unusual around the van. Sarah Nicole Graham had seemed to vanish into thin air with little clues or evidence pointing to her whereabouts or what even happened. This was exceptionally out of character for this shy, sweet 18-year-old girl. Before we take a look at the search and investigation that would happen for Sarah, let's have a quick word about our featured partner today, Mercari. The Mercari buying and selling app, your clutter can find a new home and make you some cash in the process. Take a few picks and then with a few clicks, your item is live and available. Mercari's reach is huge with over 19 million active users. And Mercari has one of the lowest selling fees and easiest shipping steps of all the selling apps out there. Not to mention, if you're looking to buy something in particular, Mercari probably has it. Their search and buy function is just as simple. Download Mercari today. Sign up with the link in our show notes and get a $10 buying credit and a $20 gift when you make your first $100 selling on Mercari. Again, you'll find the link in our show notes and on our social media accounts this week. The search and investigation. The search for Sarah began on foot and no one quite could understand what was going on. What would cause a young, shy girl to vanish with her van parked off in a wheat field? It was bizarre. It didn't make any sense. Robison County took over the investigation at first, and coincidentally, as I mentioned earlier, Sarah's father was a sergeant with the Robison County Sheriff Department, and even more coincidentally, Sarah's stepmom was also a deputy within that same department. Officers, investigators, and volunteers scoured the area on foot, but found no clues. They even brought in helicopters and bloodhounds, but still no leads. This area is very rural. Farmland, woods, houses that are scattered quite a ways apart from each other. And in particular, where the van was, was six miles from the house. So the search that was taking place for Sarah took place in between the van and the house. People searched that distance on foot from East McDonald Road to the Graham's house over on Centerville Church Road. The ground was literally covered on foot by searchers through woods, private property. But again, no one found any sign of Sarah. So many possibilities here was Sarah abducted. The van was found very near to I-95, the main thoroughfare from Florida up the East Coast, all the way up to New York. Someone took Sarah. They had an easy and quick escape route from that area. Or did maybe Sarah run away on her own? There were no indications that this was something Sarah was considering. There were also no signs that Sarah was depressed or suffering in any way. But since we don't know much about what was going on at home at all for her, I'd say anything is possible. Sarah's case received very little attention from any media sources, which seems odd since her father was a sergeant. Wouldn't he be pushing the hardest for answers in her disappearance? Just a month after Sarah went missing on March 18th, her stepmother, Connie Graham, was fired from her job as a sheriff deputy within the Robeson County Sheriff Department. Connie Graham had worked there for 23 years. This did cause some eyebrows to raise within the community, of course, but at the time a statement was released that it was due to personal reasons within the department and had nothing to do with Sarah Graham's disappearance. At some point, interestingly, her father, Hubert, also left Robeson County Sheriff Department after working there for over 20 years. He took a position with a small town as a police officer. That small town, Roland, North Carolina, would be where he remains today. However, now he serves as the chief of police for Roland, North Carolina. Robeson County, North Carolina. Robeson County sits on the border of North and South Carolina. It's a large county. It's the largest actually in North Carolina when looking at landmass and area. And it's primarily rural. It's one of the main areas of North Carolina specifically for the Lumbee tribe, with the tribal headquarters being in Pembroke, North Carolina. This area is also very well known for being active in the drug trade, and that is because it sits halfway between Miami, Florida and New York City on Interstate 95, making it a popular stopping place for drug traffickers. The county itself has just over 100,000 permanent residents, although it is known to be a place also for migrant workers with all of the agriculture there, these migrant workers that travel in and out of the area throughout the year. I took a look at Google Maps and pulled up the location where Sarah's van was found. It is completely fields and woods as far as the eye can see. It's very rural. I don't have the exact address of where Sarah lived, but I took a Google Maps drive down Centerville Church Road. While there are a number of houses on that road, Many of them are isolated or sit far back off the road or are spread apart from each other. There also isn't a lot of large bodies of water, but there are many small ponds and such. The area is also named for the Lumber River that runs through the county. However, that river is much farther north in the county than the area where Sarah lived and where her van was found. So we have a very rural place With access to one of the most traveled interstates in the country, her father, a sheriff deputy, and almost zero news coverage on Sarah's disappearance. The whole thing is very strange. In early 2022, authorities stated that they did have a person of interest, and it was hopefully just a matter of time before an arrest is made. While that person hasn't specifically been publicly identified, many locals believe it to be Sarah's stepmother. Also in February of 2022, Sarah's father, Hubert Graham, did speak with WPDE News. Take a listen to a clip from that interview.
2: Over the last seven years, is, is God knows best. He knows what happened. He knows what the situation is. It has been seven years since Hubert Graham last saw his daughter. Sarah Graham was 18 years old when she was last seen on this day in 2015 in Fairmont, North Carolina. She left for work that February morning, but never arrived. Hours later, her van was found abandoned in a field. The FBI released a video today about Sarah's disappearance. They say someone close to her isn't telling everything they know. ABC 15's Tanya Brown talked with Sarah's father exclusively. She's live from Fairmont, not far from where Sarah's van was found. Tanya, what did her father say? Connor, Hubert Graham says he still believes that Sarah is alive. He got a lot of things off his chest today, including why he feels the FBI is treating him like a person of interest in Sarah's disappearance. Well, I need to be treated like a parent. it's still my daughter. Hubert Graham says the FBI has barely kept in touch with him over the seven years since the disappearance of his daughter, 18-year-old Sarah Graham. He was a Robinson County Sheriff's deputy when she disappeared, and now Graham is the Roland Police Chief. He says the FBI called him a few years ago with a question about Sarah when skeletal remains were found. They asked me the question. They said, didn't Sarah have braces? I said, yeah, because apparently this. Well, uh, this is one time they found skeletal remains in St. Paul's or something. They found a, a, a skull. I said, yes, you had braces. And that was the whole conversation. I never got a call back that says, no, that wasn't her or anything like that. The remains didn't turn out to be Sarah's. The FBI released a video Friday saying someone close to Sarah knows something but isn't telling everything they know. People's out there making the rumors and making the suggestions that, you know, me and my wife may know something or have something to do with this and everything, but well, I'm here to tell you that is as far from the truth as you can ever get. You said you don't believe that Sarah is dead. You believe that Sarah is where Sarah wants to be and just doesn't want to maybe tell you all. And you said as a seasoned law enforcement officer detective for many years, you found no evidence to prove otherwise. Mm You're correct. In my eyes, I ain't seen nothing to say that there was any wrongdoing. I've got no other reason to believe that she isn't alive. There's nobody proved or showed to me anything other than she's missing. Graham also told me that there was no blood in Sarah's van or any sign of a struggle. Now, an FBI spokesperson says they're not treating Graham like he's a person of interest. They just don't have any information right now to update him.
0: What do you think happened to 18-year-old Sarah Graham? Did she run off? Did a stranger abduct or attack her? Or could it have been a member of her own family? Sarah Nicole Graham is described as a Native American woman, 5 foot 4 inches tall, and weighing around 160 pounds when she was last seen in February of 2015, She has brown, curly, shoulder-length hair, brown eyes, wears glasses, and had braces. She was possibly wearing a Walmart vest when she is said to have left her house that morning. There is a $5,000 reward for any information on the whereabouts of Sarah Nicole Graham. Anyone with any knowledge on Sarah's whereabouts or what may have happened on that February 4th morning is asked to contact the Robeson County Sheriff's Office at 910-671-3170. Sarah's case is bizarre and is an example of a case that needs a lot more attention. Everyone needs to know her name and her story. There are a lot of rumors in the small town of Fairmont, North Carolina, where Sarah was living. A lot. And most of them involve Sarah's family, specifically her stepmom and her stepbrother. Authorities have also dropped hints that their person of interest is someone who is very close to Sarah. As you heard, Sarah's father says that he believes Sarah is still alive and out there and just doesn't want to be found. He's also said that he keeps himself out of the investigation for fear that people will judge him or point fingers at him. Curious to know your thoughts on this one. Please, share Sarah's story out there any way that you can. She deserves to be found and brought home. A reminder to make sure you are following us over on the socials, Instagram at the Where Are They Podcast, Twitter at Can We Find Them, and our Facebook page, Where Are They podcasts. We do watch for updates and we'll share anything over on socials as we come across it. If you are interested in supporting our mission and our show, you can find the link to our Patreon detective group in the notes. There you will find bonus episodes as well as ad-free versions of our regular weekly shows. Any feedback or case suggestions can also be sent to me via email at canwefindthem@gmail.com. at gmail.com. If you've made it this far into the show, please consider leaving us a five-star review on whichever platform you listen to. It helps these stories reach a wider audience. And in the cases where someone might just know something, we need a big reach, as big of a reach as we can get. Thank you all so, so much for listening to Sarah's story today. We will be back again soon with another Unsolved Missing Person episode. And until then, stay safe and hug your loved ones.